swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. Everybody, welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. We got centers and defensemen rankings for you guys tonight. Before we get into all that, we want to give a shout out to Brandon and Gamby over at FHP. Absolute legends hanging up the skates. I mean, if you got to go out, at least they're going out because of success. Like, Underdog has done such a great job. I mean, it, yeah, if, there, if there's any reason to go out, it's because you're too successful with your fucking startup. So FHP going up in the rafters, pour one out for you guys. Like, cheers. Golf clap, man. Yeah, Golf man. clap. Cheers it up. Good on you. You guys were great. Um, Thank you, guys. Absolute legends. Class acts. We are going into our center and defenseman rankings. Again, we're going to say it. Some people hate ranking. We like them. So we're going to do them. Who doesn't like rankings? Who doesn't like a good ranking episode? Who doesn't like a good ranking episode? They're great for, for, I was going to say like starting conversation, but usually it's just, it's very irate. Usually ends conversations. We got, uh, we got a little bit of flack about having Kirill Kaprizov outside the top 10 in our left wings. And I'm looking at him here. Who had him, who had him ranked the highest? I did. I had him at 11. You guys had him at 15. I don't feel Sounds bad. Sounds about right. I don't feel bad at all about it. So I like my list. No, I, I don't. I and, and I'll tell you why I don't feel bad. Okay, so you have him at number 11. Mm-hmm. Your top 10 before that are Svetch, Debrinket, Landeskog, Gensel, Miller, Brady Kachuk, Huberdu, Marshan, Panarin, Ovechkin. Who are you kicking out of that top 10 exactly? I'm just wondering. You, you know, you you say it blindly. Okay, we had Kirill Kaprizov at 13. And then you're like, what the fuck is going on here? It, it's not that we don't like Kaprizov or we don't like any of these centers that we're about to talk about. It's just that we like other guys more. That's it. That's all we're trying to say. Kaprizov is going to be great, but there's going to be 12 other guys that we think are going to be better. And we're going to get into our center rankings here. Um, at number one, I have Yanni Gord, so I don't know who you guys have at number one. I had Jay Beagle. Jay Beagle, right on. Number one. Face I mean, we're not specials. far off. I had Beagle at three. You guys are wrong. I had Connor McDavid. Connor McGregor. <laughs> Risky. Risky. <laughs> Notorious MMA, baby. Well, no, no brisket, no biscuit, my man. I mean, yeah, we're not, yeah, we're not surprising anybody here. It's Connor McDavid. I don't think anybody in this top five is surprising. We agreed on the top five completely. (laughs) Yep. Flat out. Because I think it's pretty cut and dry. Yes, Connor McDavid is the best player in the entire world. Do we need to defend this? It's just, it it should just be that, that skip next, right? Yeah. And in some leagues, I'm sure Nathan McKinnon is going number one, but for me, he is number two. I can see no such situation. I feel like like last year McKinnon had an argument, maybe the year before too, but that argument is null and void. It's McDavid. If you have one overall, your choice is McDavid. There is, there's no gray. It's binary. It's either you pick McDavid 
or you suck at fantasy hockey. Those are your two choices. That's it. Uh, number two, Nathan McKinnon. Not far behind, but behind nonetheless. You get the great shots. You have the ceiling. I don't know. Like McDavid showed us. What do we realistically think McDavid's ceiling is? 150 points. Like 150 yeah. points. That's not even the ceiling though, right? Like if he goes super saiyan, Jesus, McDavid I style. Well, I mean, what was his point pace this year? It was like he had 105 points, I think, and in half 56 a season. Games. <laughs> like, Jesus. So, yeah, I mean, he's almost up to that two two points per game pace, which is just unheard of. And he's not a wimp either. He gets hits too. Like, he actually gets some hits <laughs> as well. And it doesn't even matter. He's just, the, the cup runneth over with Connor McDavid. In our five-hole points leagues, he is 5.69 points per game. Nathan McKinnon, who we all have ranked at number two, is 4.4. That's a full point plus below. Yeah, that's a full Pierre-Luc Dubois ahead. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a bad one to bring up right now. Uh, McKinnon, let's talk about him. Realistic ceiling. What are we looking at? I mean, he's in and around 100, 105 points for me. I was going to say ceiling, 115, 120. Ceiling, 120. If, If all the stars aligned... Kale McCarr turns into Super Saiyan as well. And then he is Randon alongside getting, you know, who ran in his ceiling probably 105. I want to see if I can piss you guys off real quick. Can I try to piss you guys off real quick? Shouldn't be hard. I don't think you have got to try. Artemi Panarin's point pace was higher than Nathan McKinnon's. Oh, I'm already pissed oh, off. God. Yeah, we got the shots, right? Like shots on top. Of McKinnon, great. For the past two years, McKinnon is 111 point pace. Panarin is 113, if I'm remembering correctly. Let me double check. You get so much more out of McKinnon. Oh yeah, I'm not advocating. I like I'm just spurring discussion here. But that is that is true. And I mean, Panarin Panarin's good in a narrow type of league. I definitely would rather have McKinnon in every league. Over Panarin. Yep, and I I don't want anybody to hear what I'm not saying. What you're saying is you think Panarin is the second best player in the league, is what you said. That's what I heard. Yeah. I know somebody's going to chirp me. <laughs> That's what I heard. I heard you say I just that. wanted to bring it up. Like, you know, Panarin, two years in a row with more of a point pace than Nathan McKinnon. And Nathan McKinnon is a staple in the top three. And Panarin, not so much. He's a first-round pick. But, you know, it doesn't get the same kind of love. I'm sorry that you had a long day at work. I had such a long day at work. There's no need for this kind of ridiculous fucking bullshit that you're bringing up right now. Mm. All right, let's move on to number three. What are we talking about? This is the only place you might be able to make some sort of argument. Yeah. And that is between Leon Dreisaitl and Austin Matthews. Number five is number five, but three and four here might be the only place that you can actually make a real argument. I went with dry sidle. We all went with dry sidle, but yeah. I did really take some time going back. And, uh, maybe Matthews again for the shots and he also chips in with an amazing amount of hits and blocks for a for a goal scorer. So mm-hmm. I wanted to put Matthews ahead of dry sidle just to be that guy, but I just couldn't quite do it. That gap is closing. It really is. But I mean 
Tricetal's doing nothing to to slow anybody down. So he's, I mean, continuing his pace. Center left wing most of the time too, but we're planting our flag here. Center, he's probably going to be on the second wing or second line. And being dual eligible is mighty attractive. Just the power play points on Edmonton, man. Okay, Austin Matthews was like on pace. What was it? Sixty goals this year. A lot of goals. A lot of goals. Do we think he does that friggin' Stamco stuff? Does the 60? Does 60. He had 41 goals in 52 games this year. Does he hit 60? That's an 18.5. That is not a wild shooting percentage for him. No. His career, 16.2. That's 2% higher. Does he hit 60? Earlier on the Discord today, someone brought that up, and I bet that he would hit 60 at least once in the next three years. 65 goal pace. I like oh, that. That is, yeah, that's, that is handsome. That is handsome. He's going to be right in and around 60 for sure. Let's put a line at 50 goals, which seems wild, but it doesn't seem out of place for Austin Matthews. Oh, he's easily getting there. Uh, you also have to recall that Leon Dreisaitl, Leon Dreisaitl has already scored 50 goals. I'm talking about Austin Matthews here. Yeah, I know. But deep down at the end of it, we're talking about between Austin oh, Matthews yeah, yeah, and Leon yeah. Dreisaitl. I just want to premise this by saying Leon Dreisaitl has actually already scored 50 goals in a season. For me, this one was this was easy. I had Dreisaitl ahead. And it wasn't a conversation for me. So my my top three is is solid. And then I feel like, you know, Austin Matthews. Like, I don't... One, two, three, four. Easy. Barkov at number five. Starts... That, that feels like the right one. But then I think after five is where it starts to get fuzzy. It starts to get a little dicey. And I don't agree with your guys' next pick who's Sidney Crosby, after Alex Varkov. Yeah, I had him at six. Who'd you have at six? I definitely had him at six. Ajo? I had Sebastian Sebastian Ajo at six. Sebastian Ajo, who is, you know, on every damn point that Carolina has, who is a superstar. If you don't think that Sebastian Ajo is a superstar, then you are fucking wrong. I don't know what to tell you. Well, nobody said that. Tell me one thing that Ajo does better than Crosby. Just one stat. I'm going to go with points share. And Raj, if you're editing, leave that pause in there. Because he had to think about it, didn't he? Because I had to think about it. But I'm going to go with point share. My guess is point share for the team. Sebastian Ajo's point share compared to Sidney Crosby point share. And what does that get you? If you're counting IPP in your league, Sebastian Ajo is the guy. Hey. It's it's Sidney Crosby. It's gotta be Sidney Crosby. It's so easily Sidney Crosby. And I, I I mean I had Sebastian Ajo right behind him, right behind him at seven, but I, I think it is divisive. It it is Crosby at six. There's still gas in the tank. He's been a point per game for his entire career. His entire career. You know what Sebastian Ajo has not been? Point per game for his entire career. Fifteen seasons. Yeah, well, he's younger. Crosby was Crosby was point per game in his rookie fucking season. <laughs> yeah. 
because he's Sidney Crosby, I'm not saying he is not one of the greatest players to have ever played the the game. Like, probably he he might be a top five player ever. Yes, ever. Oh yeah, hundred and two yeah. points in his rookie season. He's not that player anymore. He's still that same pace as his rookie season. Y'all love Evgeny friggin' Malkin, and he is trash. Oh, I disagree. He is fucking old, and he is slow. Evgeny Malkin is trash, and so is the rest of the fucking Penguins. They're not good. Sidney Crosby, it's like he's out there playing with Brian Russ and Jake Gensel, and that's it. In 15 years, it hasn't made a difference. It hasn't made a difference in 15 years who he's playing with. He's always point per game. Always. That's what they say is the Mark Donks, right? Like... Crosby makes people stars. It does not fucking matter who he plays with. It doesn't matter. Crosby's going to, he's going to Crosby. He's going to get his points. He's going to be point per game. Point per game over under, taking the over. Sebastian Ajo, point per game over under. I have to fucking think about it. I have to think about it. Because he's been floating around that like 80 point pace two years ago. 83 point pace. Just barely made the mark. In a 56 game season. And I like Sebastian Ajo. And I can't believe I have to go on record defending the Penguins here. I feel dirty. I hate it. Well, you're the one doing it. I I have to. I like Crosby better than Ajo. I would draft Crosby ahead of Ajo. And I would not. That's fine with me. All right. Who's number seven? Uh, Sebastian Ajo is seven. Yeah. Then then Zibs at eight. Very close behind Ajo. So the cumulative... um, I probably should have said this at the top, but each of us submitted our list top 20 and then we averaged it out. Our our first five was tit for tat. Everybody agreed six. Raj and I had him uh, Crosby at six and then Zach had him at eight. Aho, I had him at seven. Zach had him at six. Raj, you had him at eight. You have Zabenajad ahead of Sebastian Aho. Care to comment. Um, he is better. <laughs> Heard. Aho, I think, is a better singular player, but... Analysis. Look, look at the top six. Like, look at Panarin. Look at... I don't know. New York is just more of a an offensive machine. Um, Than Carolina? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I feel like they're all, they're kind of on the same plane. I like I just like the Rangers offense better. Like as a team, I think Carolina is a, f- a better team for sure. But I like the Rangers offense much better. No doubt. Yeah. You know, we're gonna talk about D pretty soon. But if Fox uh, does what he did last year, that power play is pretty deadly as well. Yeah, there is a kind of a huge question mark on the power play with with no Dougie Hamilton, right? Like Tony D'Angelo. That's a wild card for sure. That, yeah, that whole thing. He is a wild card. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say there. But Zibanejad, like, I'm surprised you went the whole conversation without saying, like, category coverage. We're getting intense category coverage there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he gets the hits. He's um, across the board. I just like him, and it's a slight it's a slight difference for sure. Not a not a huge, huge difference. Uh, if you're looking at a dynasty or something then you know give the edge to aho for being young but well and there was a bunch of people you know remember at the early you know early stages of last year that were super disappointed yeah. with savannah chat he sure did so he started out on a little bit of a slump there was a ton oh, of people yeah. that were super but you know what was what was crazy is his second half was so intense that he still came close to point per game all right so now that we 
switch off of 7A and 7B, which I guess we'll call them. We'll skip number eight because there is no number eight. Then go right to number nine. And that's one actually we all agreed on at Mark Shafley. But we don't agree on how to say his name. The opposite player of Zabinajad. We were talking about how up and down and crazy he is. Shifley is just... Shifley is steady. Steady. We talked about it um, in our divisional previews. Like Shifley has a floor of 81 points and a ceiling of 84. So you know exactly what you're getting. Um, <laughs> Shifley has never disappointed because your hopes aren't really anywhere else outside of like kind of give or take two points of point per game. He's just there. And that's what I expect last year inside the COVID year. He, I think he was like, what did he have? Like a 90 point pace. It was, I don't know. I, I, I chalking it up to COVID, right? Like the whole North division. I think he's around point per game. Yeah. And it's probably the safest bet. While it seemed like the rest of his teammates were slumping last year. Number 10. All right. Rounding out the top 10. We agree again. Yeah. What the fuck? Braden Point. Braden Point. Yeah. Did I say his name right? Brendan Point. Piont. Piont. Point. Piont. I don't think you pronounce the T. Braden Point. Yeah. Point. Braden Point. <laughs> this place is going downhill. I'm quitting. He plays with Nikita Kucherov. Who? Mr. Point. So that's why he's in the top 10 right there. Say no more. Always a better playoff guy. Yeah, he's still he's still only been above a point per game once in his career. Fair enough. Isn't that a little scary? Considering you're not really getting anything on... I mean, don't get me wrong. I agreed with everybody. I had him at the same number 10 as y'all did. But it's a little scary to me that he doesn't really give anything on... You know, as far as hits, blocks, stuff like that. Um, he's okay on shots, I guess, at, you know, a little over two per game. But he's only ever been over a point per game once in his career. Something I carry into my evaluation here is Braden Point always seems to fall. Yeah. Right? Like, you always kind of, he's always there in the third or fourth or fifth round even. Like, if you get really lucky and he's in the fifth, depending on the size of your league or what have you, Braden Point always seems to bring value to the table. Definitely. And at, at center position, like if if you fade centers, uh, which I believe you should, unless you're a top four pick, you know, you get your McDavid, you get your McKinnon, Dreisaitl, Matthews, top four. That's it. You got Braden Point in the fourth, like third, fourth round. There's value there. So I, I, I did kind of factor that in. Yeah, he's definitely always a good value. The only thing that scares me with him is with like the huge departure of their second line like their second and third line players that left there i think it was the whole third line it was yanni gord barclay gaudreau and blake coleman yeah so hopefully they don't try to balance it out and end up <clears throat> shifting point to a crappy second line to try to to liven it up but i i really think they like him with kucherov i'm glad you brought this up really glad you brought this up because i think it goes the opposite direction i think they they just pound the top two lines like kucherov like i think they get more minutes because you don't have the yanni gord checking you know up against the number one competition on the other line you don't have that anymore so I think Point gets more minutes. I think Stamkos gets more minutes. I think Kucherov gets more minutes. And the 
hate to use the word schmuck, but I'm really happy to use the word schmuck. Like Alex Killorn, and Andre Pilat. I think they get more minutes. Top six. Whole top six gets more minutes. Yeah, I think the top line is going to be worked worked to death this year. <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to go that way as well. Well, you still have to have room for Anthony Sorelli. And if he ends up being a bottom sixer. No shot. Unless they go Hail Mary, like maybe Alex Barboulet plays the top six wing and they go Stamkos as a 2C. That's the only scenario I see Sorelli maybe being a 3C, which I don't think they do. Sounds like an awful idea. Sounds like an awful idea. I hope they don't do it. Our 11 through 20, uh, you know, consensus picks here. Pedersen, John Tavares, Jack Eichel, Evgeny Malkin, Bergeron, Trocek, Sagan, Suzuki, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and Matt Barzell. Um, is there anything that we really want to like dive into here? I think the two of you have Malkin too high. I, honest to God, I think that. You have him at 12, TJ. Raj has him at 13. I have him at 17. The only reason that he is 14 is because of my poor grade on him. I think he's over the hill. I think he's over the hill. I think Evgeny Malkin is done. You saw him out there last year, like, watching Evgeny Malkin look incredibly disinterested in playing hockey and playing on that line, playing with those players. Am I the only one who saw that? And you still have him, still have players like, you know, Vincent Trocek, uh, Tyler Sagan. You do have Patrice Bergeron behind him. In Russia... With COVID and everything, he couldn't get access to ice. He couldn't get access to practice facilities, anything. So game number one was his warm-up. And I feel like that is enough for me to bend the rules for somebody that's going in the seventh and eighth rounds. Like if you have IR and you just slot Malkin in there, we don't know when his injury is up. So I, I see the value in Evgeny Malkin having two under point per game seasons in his storied career at age 35. I don't think it's just him falling off a cliff. You know, I've said it a hundred times this offseason, any outlier that happens inside the COVID year, I'm giving a pass to. And I feel like Malkin is one of those guys that it was just a strange year. He's coming off a 110-point pace year with 74 points in 55 games. Shots over three, and then you got shots under two or under two and a half. 70 point pace like this just felt like a really weird year and you look at it nine power play points every single story that i was reading from pittsburgh beat writers whether it be josh yoey or or whomever jesse marshall they were bitching about the pittsburgh power play it was bad for a long time and malkin did not get the same amount of power play points that he did in 55 games the year before, he had 24 power play points. That's close to half a power play point a game. Nine power play points this year. You want to tell me Pittsburgh power play is not going to be good next year? I got the over on point per game. Yeah. You got the over on point per, day, okay. point per game? I'll take the under. I'm telling you that Evgeny Malkin is not going to be as good as you say next year. I got him for, you know, 85. 85 to 90. And this is somebody you're getting in an eighth round. If you're in IR league, you get him right on IR right after the draft and you pick somebody up. You have two 16th round picks or 22 round picks, whatever. You go pick somebody up and just stash Malkin on IR right out of the right out of the gate. And I think that's value in the eighth round. Somebody that's a threat for over point per game in the eighth round. 
I dig it. Yeah, I'm in. Big into it. I'm in. So I, I, I yeah, I got, I got him there. The one that uh, went the reverse was uh, Zach and I had Tavares at twelve, and TJ had him at seventeen. Yeah, to take a Zach quote from last episode about Sam Reinhardt. Fuck John Tavares. <laughs> fuck him. He's vanilla. I, he doesn't do anything great. John Tavares is way better. Is is not the same player <laughs> as Sam freaking Reinhardt, the sloth man, mm. the sloth man. I don't know. So I, I I got let's let's look at my rankings. I'm gonna sort by my rankings here. I got Trocheck ahead of John Tavares because Trocheck's better. Easy. He hits power play points are better. Jack Eichel. I feel like that's a wild card. Zach, you had Jack Eichel at eleven. <laughs> and you want to talk to me about Malkin? Get the fuck, fuck out of yeah. here. Fuck yeah. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Jack Eichel is better than a guy of getting more. He's not gonna play. Who plays more games? He's a better player. That's why I have a that's why I have a ranked higher. Um, so, uh, to, to go off of Raj's, uh, analysis earlier, I have him ranked higher because he's better. That's, that's why, that's why. That's also why I have Elias Patterson, uh, ranked higher than Malkin, Patrice Bergeron, Vincent Trocek, John Tavares, Tyler Sagan. All of those players I think are better. I got Sagan the lowest and I think it's because his best years have happened when, Dallas had a power play that loaded power play unit one. And Sagan has not been the same player since they have been going 50-50. Look into it. You'll see what I'm talking about. I wish Sagan played on another team. What? I will say that. Wish he played on another team. Does nobody else get the feeling that the Stars are like a poorly ran team? I don't get that. All the dysfunction that they have between the players and front office, that doesn't strike anybody else as odd. Every time, you know, something goes wrong, uh, you know, it's Tyler Sagan's oh, fault. Yeah. Or it's I remember Jimmy that Grant's from a couple fault. years ago. It, it wasn't a couple years ago. It was, it was as soon as last year. I feel like it changed with Rick Bonus. So I'm looking at, what year is it? 2018-2019. Uh, 80-point pace, 70% of the power play time. The next year, 59-point pace. He saw... 54% of the power play time. So he lost 15% of the power play share. Uh, and his power play points went down. Oh, look at that. 12 points. And his power play point pace, or his his full season pace went down 21 points. So I don't know. That seems glaring to me. Is He's not getting the power play share, so he's not getting the same amount of points. Does Dallas strike you as a team that's going to load power play one? No, we talked about it in our divisional preview. Their team is no. too fucking trigger heavy. They have enough players to run two even power play units. And that's going to be bad for Tyler Sagan, who's coming off a hip injury. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's too many question marks there. And I don't trust the team to deploy him in a way that's going to maximize his points. So I am whatever bearish, bullish. Which one is it? The bad one. Bullish. 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 The, bearish, the, the yeah, bad I'm one, bearish you're bearish then. Whichever the, yeah. Not buying the dip. I'm not talking stocks here. The power play share is just not there. It hasn't been there. I'll say the same thing for John Klingberg. Yeah. Um, we were asked to go in on Patrice Bergeron. It is five hole consensus. Old. That, uh, go ahead, Rod. Old. That Bergeron and the Bruins are probably kind of like fading, right? They're going to be good still. Don't get me wrong. They're going to be good still. You know, I mean, Pasternak is still awesome. 
Uh, Brad Marchand is still a piece of shit, but he's going to get a lot of points in fantasy. And Patrice Bergeron, out of the three of them, is going to get the least amount. Yeah, by far. Yeah. The question is, what what round do you draft him? Now, we still do have him at, like, you know, the 14th. You know, we have him at number 14. 14.33. We got three 14s. Um, and Patrice Bergeron is one of them. But where do you see him realistically? What, the sixth round? He's a, He's typically been really good for shots. He's always pretty good for shots, like three and a half. So I think there's value there. It's just every single year, it's kind of on its way down. The whole of the Bruins had an amazing year in 2018-19. And with, with Patrice Bergeron, it's kind of baked into drafting him that you're going to miss some games. He's got that injury kind of moniker to him, too. He hasn't hit 70 games in like four or five years. <clears throat> um and also, they don't have a real power play quarterback. They were really clicking with Krug there mm-hmm. uh, and Chara there uh, on the power play. Uh, they don't have that. They don't have Krejci, so they don't have a 2C there. Uh, I just, I mean, he's just getting old. He's he's not going to be terrible, but he's definitely not the Bergeron of three, four years ago. Not even close. So what round do you, what round are you comfortable drafting him in? Zero rounds. He's in a void for you? I mean, like, it's just another one of those guys where someone else is going to want him before I do. I can guarantee you that. I'll give, I'll see, I'll give you that answer. Like, I'm not saying he's a piece of crap, but I know someone is going to be higher on him than me. I mean, actually, last year he played 54 out of 56 games. Good on him. Throw an 82-game season in there, and he's he's like Malkin. He's got a hard out at game 65. Him and Malkin, man. Yeah. Latang. There's a, there's a club. There's the 65 Gamer Club. All right, so for anybody curious, our top 20, McDavid, McKinnon, Dreisaitl, Matthews, Barkov, Crosby, Aho, Zibanejad, Shifley, Point, Point. Pedersen, Tavares, Malkin, Eichel, Silent T. Bergeron, Trocek, uh, Sagan, Nick Suzuki, Ryan O'Reilly, and Matt Barzell. That's our top 20. Fuck yeah, yeah Nick Suzuki sneaking yeah. in there. Fuck yeah, Nick Suzuki. Uh, okay, our honorable mentions are Anze Kopitar, Nick Backstrom, Sean Couturier, Bo Horvat, and Rupi Hints. Rupi Hints. Let's move on to D. Let's whip out that D. I hated this. I made another drink. One and two. <laughs> we have what should be consensus, but it's not because Zach wanted to be fucking spicy. Uh, why do you have Victor Hedman ahead of Kale McCarr? How is Victor Hedman being the best defenseman in the National Hockey League? Spicy. Spicy. You're getting, you know, similar points and way better peripherals. How is that spicy? I don't understand. I need to see I need to see more out of Karen McCarr. He's been in the league two years. You want to see his back hair? I don't see it. You're you're not getting the hits and blocks like you are from uh, from Victor Hedman, and it's not like he's a point per game player like Brent Burns used to be. He's not there yet. I don't see it. I mean, if if you're saying that's what he is going to be this year, then okay. I mean, you can you know I'll listen to your argument, but from the last year and the year before, and and what I've seen proven from Victor Hedman. On top of the fact that he is also on a very good power play, 
He is also on a very good team with scorers who he's playing with all the time. I have him at number one. They're both on very good teams with very good power plays. Exactly. So you can't exactly. So you can't say that Makar has that over him. You can't say that. Okay, Makar is on a really good power play. Yeah, well, so is Victor Hedman. Makar is on a very good team. Yeah, well, so is Victor Hedman. Kale Makar was point per game. Everything I see, you know, puts them, you know, similarly close. Point per game, Kale I don't see as a consensus number one Kale Makar. I don't. Points League, yeah. Points League, okay. Their hits were the same. Their hits are the same. Makar had a higher hit per game pace than Hedman did last year. Blocks, they're, you know... McCarr has half the amount of blocks. Definitely Hedman's got the edge there, but man. McCarr has a huge, huge gap on points. When we're talking about D, 68-point pace versus point-per-game pace just last year. Yeah, there's only two years of data on Cal McCarr, but what is really going to change for Cal McCarr? He's not going to have Jonas Donskoy on his power play. That's the only variable going into next year about Kale McCarr. I think a huge variable is he's a year older. They're both a year older, and that means one good thing for one of them and a bad thing for the other one. So, One thing I will give in your favor, Zach, is that Kale McCarr in two seasons in the league has yet to play a full season. He's had two years, you know, 57 games played the first year, 44 out of 56 the second. But he's still putting up a 76-point pace through two, which is pretty fucking good. Hadman's been injury ridden. Not last year. He played most of last year, but the couple of seasons before that, he only played 66 games, 70 games. So he's, he's been known to be injured as well. Well, I also know a lot of people that took John Carlson with the first defensive. Yeah. Pick There's a lot of fluctuation here. last year. And we, and we haven't, we have him at a consensus number three. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Kale McCarr is is number one. Um, I'll give you the hits and the blocks in a full season. You know, Hedman is gonna is gonna take it. I don't know how I feel about hit a game Kale McCarr. I just don't see that the rosy cheek motherfucker. I don't. I don't know if I see him. You know, hitting right like Hedman. Ugh, he's a fucking Viking. Like he's big. Kale McCarr is just like I don't know. It's it's just. I think he's a different breed. Well, he's not 6'6", that's for sure. I think he's a different breed. John Carlson, what is there to say that everybody doesn't already know? He's the quarterback on Washington's power play, and they're good. He's good. I mean, honestly, what else is there to say? But I think Mm. that he is number three. I like him there. I like him. I do. I think that he is number three. Um, Now... The over point per game that he had in the 1920 season is fantastic. But I do think that that is the outlier. Now, is he very capable of scoring? You know, let's say I kind of have him around between 70 and 75 points. Yeah, I I feel like that feels really safe. But I don't have him over a point per game. Next up is Adam Fox. And I know there's been people... And I didn't, and I didn't want to put him here, but I fucking did because I'm a big pussy. I feel exactly the same way. <laughs> what is he in his, his second year? Right? I don't believe it. I don't believe That's it. That's the thing. That's the thing. But I did like an asshole. I put him at number four, but I don't believe it in the in my heart of hearts, TJ. I don't believe that Adam Fox is the fourth best defenseman. I feel like 
you know, a player that goes on an absolute breakout, 50% of his career in the, in, in the league deserves some probation. 23 power play points. But the whole thing is that that power play, there are some really good players yes. on that freaking power play. And that's what and that's what like swayed me to put him at number four, I think, is specifically because of the offensive talent on New York and that power play mainly. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's people yelling at their radios, whether they're in the car or in the headphones, whatever. Adam Fox, two years in the league. Close to 50% of his points were on the power play. He is heavily reliant on the power play. Is Mika Zbanejad going to have a slow first half again? Who knows? Is Panarin going to, you know, get in a, get in a get fight hurt. with Russia again? Who, know, who knows? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to be a good power play. I got him at four, too. We all have him at four. I'm not ready to put him into that top three conversation which I feel like people are going to be shouting out their radios. You know, oh my God, Adam Fox, blah, blah, blah. Don't care. He's on probation with me. Probation. I don't trust you. Do it twice. I will trust you next year. I'll draft you. But what, I mean, Jesus, what's his ADP? Adam Fox going in the second round. I'm not drafting you in the second round, Adam Fox. He feels like a gamble. I think he's a good player. I don't want to say anything bad about him because there's nothing bad to say about him. Hasn't broken two shots a game. Uh, half hit a game. Blocks are great because you're on New York and you're playing a lot of defense. As the team gets better on offense, those blocks are going to dry up. You don't hit players while you're in possession of the puck. So I, 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 don't, I don't know. Points are a big part of Adam Fox's game. Do I think he's going to get this many points? I don't know. I don't know, and that's a huge part. One thing I really like about his progression, though, is the more time on ice he gets, his rates have stayed kind of the same. Like, he went up six six minutes a game from his rookie season to, to last year, and his, his kind of – his rates just kind of kept trucking along. So I think – I feel awful having him at number four. I feel like that could could be right. It probably will be right, but I, he's he is the type of – situation where he it could have been a fluke could have been a fluke that is 50 percent of his career and yeah he got top power play like tony d isn't there anymore and that helps especially when 50 percent of your points are coming from that power play is the power play going to be that good again we don't know and it also helps that there is nobody that is going to steal that power nobody. play from you nobody you know, Nils Lundqvist, there's there's dynasty fans out there that are hoping for for him and Keandre Miller, who's probably just going to be a banger. Um, I think Adam Fox is pretty safe. I feel good about him at number four. And I think I do think he could hop into the top three at some point. Maybe it's next year. I'm not ready to. I don't gamble inside the top three rounds. So Shay Theodore. Um, I had him at six. Zach, you had him at five. Rod, you had him at seven. Because I like he Shea is Theodore. our number five, and I think it's pretty comfy. Let's talk about his ADP value. Let me scroll down, which is fucking wild to say. He's going at the end of the sixth round, the seventh round in Yahoo. Pile that on top with the fact that Shea Theodore is a number five. He's a top five defenseman. 
Okay, so we talked about it again in our divisional previews. Shea Theodore, I think he had like a seven-game pointless streak to end the season. Had he, you know, kept on his his pace before then, he would have had more points than Adam Fox, more points than Tyson Berry. He would have been the highest scoring defenseman in the league. And this is all with like 51% of the power play time. I think he edged out Petrangelo by like 18 seconds on the power play. I don't know. <laughs> Let's say that goes up. Fuck me. I think his power play share goes up. If if that's a floor, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. You know what? Good. Good. I'm glad that that happened. I'm glad that he went on that seven game drought. I'm glad that he will now get drafted lower than he would have if he would have done that. I'm glad because now I can get him in the sixth round. Now I can get a defenseman that shoots three friggin' times a game. There's forwards that were begging to shoot, you know, three times a game. Shea Theodore is doing right, it. 59% of the power. And he has also got a really good shot. He's got a fantastic fucking shot on him. Also, on top of the fact that he is also on a very good power play. If if he is getting more of that power play share this year, like he did last year over Petrangelo, because he is the better option. That is that is is just true. And you know what? To that point, Vegas had a down year in terms of their power play. So that power play goes up in efficacy. Shea Theodore reaps the benefits. And we're, we're talking about a 70-point defenseman here. I feel, I feel safer with Theodore than I do with Adam Fox. Definitely. Definitely. Because I know what Shea Theodore and at is. at a four-round disparity, I am targeting Shea Theodore in the sixth round. That is value to me. Number seven, Dougie Hamilton. I want to talk about shots. Shot. Interesting. Yes. I had him at five. I actually had him ahead of Shea Theodore, which, you know, if I were to edit again, I'd probably have Shea Theodore ahead. Uh, Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but you did. You yeah. had him at five, and so did but Raj. It, I had him at number nine. I disagree with that far down for this reason and this reason alone quell expectations on what dougie hamilton is going to be he is an elite talent he is a fantastic defenseman at least as far as offensively goes and that's why you're drafting him you're you know gonna get okay hits and blocks but it's the shots it's the points and now he is not on carolina anymore he is not on calgary anymore he is on fucking new jersey yeah okay are you sold on New Jersey? That is the question that you have to ask yourself. And you have him at number five. I have him at number nine. I am not sold on New Jersey. I am sold on a very minute amount of players from New Jersey. And that is Jack Hughes. That is Jack Hughes and Jack Hughes alone. As far as far as Nico goes, uh, you know, he, he's, he's okay. Dougie Hamilton had 18 power play points. All of New Jersey's defensemen added together had 18 power play points, all of them. So if you think that Dougie Hamilton is going to come in and fix New Jersey's power play, ain't going to happen. He's going to make he's going to make it better, but this is not going to be a copy and paste. He's going to be just as good. He's not. Agreed. He's going to a team that is worse on the power play, is worse at even strength. They're on the up and up, sure but they're nowhere near the caliber of team that the Carolina Hurricanes are. He himself had as many power play points as 
all of New Jersey's defensemen last year. So I just don't know how, like, unless Dougie Hamilton is playing 100% of all of the power play time, that he gets even close to the same. He's a 63-point pace player last year. I got him in the 50s going into next year. Yes. Low 50s. Probably low 50s. 50 to 55 sounded good in my head. And does that sound like a number five? That sounds like a good year for Dougie Hamilton on the New Jersey Devils. I think 55. I don't think he's a 40s guy. 55. I think he's a 50s. He's a 50s guy. Over 250 shots coming for sure. I think he's I think he's fine. I think like he's dead. Yeah, Carolina is better and his surrounding cast is clearly better, but I still like him where we've got him here. I still take him at number five. Who do we got at six, boys? Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry. At number six, we have Tyson Berry. I feel like we skipped somebody. So McCarr at one, Hedman at two, Carlson at three, Fox at four, Theodore at five, Hamilton at six. So Berry is our number seven. Hamilton six. Yeah. Next, next is number seven, Tyson Berry. Power play points. Done. For us, 6.67. I had him at eight. And <clears throat> yeah, I yeah, love Tyson Berry. I'm a huge Tyson Berry fan. I had Seth Jones ahead and uh, Shea Theodore ahead in my list. I had him at eight. Tyson Berry brings power play points and points. Yep. And I think the power play even got a little bit better. That Well, that's, that's what I want from him. Yep. I had Seth Jones ahead because I like him on that power play, and I think he's going to crush hits. He's going to crush blocks, and there will be good shots there too. So I like Seth Jones. I'm higher on Seth Jones than I should be, and I know it, but I just I refuse to let me disagree with it. Like I feel like Seth Jones in Chicago is just so good. So maybe I'm falling victim to the hype factor, but I just don't see – flaws in this plan i i feel like it was a great signing uh zach you had him at eight so you weren't far off Raj, yeah i'm right there with you man Raj, you're the lowest you had chris letang i know how you like your old farts so there's not much surprise there Raj, did you think he was still on columbus or something why why do you have him at number 10 i would even probably put him lower um he's good but Every single thing about uh, every single thing about him is I hope he does this and he should do that and he'll probably do that if Taves comes back and plays well. If these, you know, it's there's just too many ifs with him. It's probablys maybe. Chris Letang seems so much safer. Well, look at his look at his career. Like playing 15 less games, he's outscored Seth Jones every single year of their careers. So yeah, that's so, fair. Like, why is that a shocking pick? It's not. I mean, he's going to play with Patrick Kane and DeBrincat, and, you know, what else is attractive there? He's going to play with a true number one power play because they don't have a number two power play. They have a stacked first they line power play. A, yeah, that's true. Their team isn't very good. Yeah, I know, but that's who he's going to be playing with. He is going to be playing with their elite players elite and player. their elite players elite alone. Player. He's not going to have, you know, they have an elite too much player. player, player. Which one, Debrinkat or Kane? No offense, but you're talking about Kane. Alex Debrinkat is elite. Dom- Dominic Kubalik is on the come up, and don't tell me he isn't. He because is, but then we're going to get to a very serious argument about Dominic Kubelik. So you're, ta- you're talking shit about a guy who's playing with Malkin, a guy who's playing with Crosby, a guy who's playing with Gensel. 
I mean, we don't have Latang too far behind you, but, you know, we're just taking those games played into consideration here. I'm about to redo my left wing list. Just about this. We talking about Kubalik right now. Yeah. Just to spite you, put Kubalik just outside the top 10. Where did 10. he have Kubalik? Did he make the top 20 on anyone's list? No. Exactly. 26, 24, 26. Yeah. You know who did? Jake Gensel did. You know who else did? Sidney Crosby did. <laughs> so we're at what? We're at number... Jones was nine. Darnell Nurse is our consensus number 10. Uh, Zach, you and I had him at number 10. Uh, Raj, you had him at 13, which is strange because you love your bangers. And he bangs. And he's getting points now. Oh, those points, points are not going to be there next year. Not going to be there. Uh, the shooting percentage was wildly inflated. He had a lot of goals. I think he was on pace for like 25 goals, which is just straight up not going to happen for Darnell Nurse next year. It just won't. Yeah, I meant to put a whole column of asterisks next to that one because as soon as you switch to a categories league, he jumps about five spots to me. Yes, and I, I feel like there's there's people kicking you know, kicking the door down about Jacob Chikrin too. And that we've said I've said my piece on Jacob Chikrin. All alone. I I just he's in it's he's in the, the desert. Arizona. <laughs> the desert trying to play hockey. Yeah. He is literally in a desert. He is alone. There's no oasis. It's him, Nick Schmaltz, Phil Kessel, and Clayton Keller. What you gonna do with that? <laughs> oh yeah, and they don't have a goal. Yeah, like Dvorak's gone, Garland's gone. Jeez. And Jacob Chickering was on pace for twenty six goals. Like the shot volume's there, and yeah, they're gonna lean on the guy more. But Jesus Christ, the first person to say somebody's got to score to me is oh, man. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I'm sorry. Poor guy. I felt really bad putting him so low, but it's the right spot. Like, I just... I, yeah, I, he was, what, our 15? Yeah, I was saying off air, I hate this list. I absolutely hated doing this list. It is frustrating, yeah. You know who we're really high on? Didn't bother me at all. Jeff Petrie. Let's talk about him at number 12 for us. So Latang was our consensus number 11. Petrie was number 13. And, I, like, I know... We didn't want to talk about like reasoning behind our anything outside the top 10, but I think Petrie warrants discussion because Shea Weber's not there. Mike Hoffman comes in, you know, Cole Caulfield is coming out of his shell. I feel like Montreal has a true number one power play unit. You know, Petrie is such a beast for bangs. You throw points on top of it. Jeff Petrie right now for us at number 13 or 12 rather. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's an argument for top yeah. 10. I feel like there really is. But are we just being too conservative about the whole Montreal factor? Like everything is there for Jeff Petrie. All the ingredients are there for Jeff Petrie to be a top 10 D. Well, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself that I had him highest. He's, I think he's awesome. Montreal got offensively better. I think they're going to be offensively better this year. And... Petrie, even with Weber, he was the man last year. Like he was the man, mm -hmm. and now he's got to be even more of it because, you know, next in line is what Romanov. The thing I remember about Petrie is anytime Weber goes out, you know, when, when Petrie wasn't um, as loud as he was, the thing like going maybe two, three years back, every single time Weber goes down, Petrie's the guy to get. Weber's out for an entire year. 
and Petrie's the guy to get for all year. On top of the fact that you have Cole Caulfield a year older, Nick Suzuki, who is in our top 20 for centers now, was very good. Very good. Do not sleep on Nick Suzuki. I've heard I've heard he's good. I, I don't think you'll have to, you know, push for him, but get Nick Suzuki. They added Mike Hoffman. They added Christian Dvorak, which I love that addition. I think that is maybe their best addition so far. Well, and if they can get Hoffman uh, on the PP, load up a power play one now that they only really have one good D. If Petrie can be quarterbacking a power play that's it's getting 60-70% of the time as opposed to a 50-50, that's going to help. You're not picking up a Mike Hoffman if you're, if you're not going to put him on the power play. Who does this kind of, who does it fuck? Does it fuck Toffoli? Josh Anderson? List off that top power play unit. Nick Suzuki, Mike Hoffman, Nick Cole Suzuki, Caulfield, that's three. Mike then, Hoffman, Cole Caulfield, yeah, Jeff that's Petrie. Yeah, four out of five. And you've got to... Who else? I would think you put Gallagher there. Somebody, somebody's got to be Who the else asshole. Is be the net front? Like somebody has to be the asshole, and that's got to be Brandon Gallagher, Nick Suzuki, Mike Hoffman, and yeah, and Cole Caulfield. They're not going out and fighting anybody. They're not going out and you know getting anybody's face. But Brandon Gallagher will. Brandon Gallagher will get under your skin. He's not huge either. I would be putting Toffoli there because he scores the goals. To round out our top 20, we got uh, Chris Letang as number 11, Jeff Petrie 12, Quinn Hughes 13, easily inside the top 10 if we're talking points leagues, but you know there's not much there for Bangs. Aaron Ekblad, I want to see him put everything together. Two years ago, solid at even strength, 50-point pace. Last year, solid on the power play. Top power play guy, 52-point pace. So I want to see him put even strength and power play together. Let's talk about it next year. Jacob Chikrin, Morgan Riley, Neil Pionk, Charlie McAvoy at number 18. I'm the highest on him, and I'm also, I think, the most apprehensive. And you don't even know yeah. why. And you, I can see it on your, I can see yeah. it on your face. You don't even know why you're highest on him. There's that gamble, but... You know, do they give those extra minutes to Charlie McAvoy at on the man advantage? I don't know. Um, you know, even if he even if he is on the power play, he's a fucking doorstop, man. We're talking about 27 minutes time on ice for 82 games, then plus 20 plus playoff games, 100 games of 27 minutes. Or you can put fucking Matt Grizzlick up there. So I don't know. I'm I'm starting to cool off on McAvoy here a little bit just because, you know, from a coach's standpoint, do you put McAvoy out there game one knowing that you have 81 games left, knowing that you have a power play or a, a playoff run that you're hoping for? Do you burn Charlie Mark McAvoy out or do you just put fucking Grizzly up there? I don't know if McAvoy gets power play one. Man, does he jump this list? And or if it's a categories, a banger categories league. He bangs. He bangs, yeah. But yeah, that's the question, right? And the thing about Boston's power play, either way, it hasn't it hasn't been what it was when they had Krug. So neither guy's really filled the spot. So I think throughout the year, it's probably ended up being pretty close in power play time on ice. It, nobody's taken the reins yet, that's for sure. Um, Mike Riley, what's ooh. up? Like if he was clearly a better power play 
quarterback. He would they'd give him the minutes, but he he hasn't been. He was in the playoffs, but you gotta think about like playoff games mean so much more. So you don't give a fuck about burning guys out for you know what you hope to be sixteen games. You're, You're just, just gonna, gonna play. play aces and places at that point. But getting to the playoffs, Boston seems like a safe bet. Just put Grizzly up there. You got you got four other ancillary pieces that are gonna get you the points. Right, like you know, Marshand, hopefully Taylor Hall, Bergeron, and Pasternak. They can run a power play. You just fucking, you know, you put Grizzly out there, or you put McAvoy out there. Like, what? What is the end game? You get, you know, ten ten extra What's power play goals on a year. What's the difference? I feel like Charlie McAvoy is like one of those uh, better in real life. Um, like those those like long snake looking things or like they'll have like mouse ears or something that you put in front of your door to stop the air from coming through in the wintertime. Whatever the fuck that means. Like a draft stopper. You you don't have one of those in your house? You don't have one of those in front oh of your God, door? doors that fit. You, it's like it has like, has like rice and stuff I get inside. It, yeah. You really don't know it's, what I'm talking about? It stops the cold air. Yeah, I got you. Well, I'm sorry that I'm poor <laughs> and I have one of those things to stop the cold air from getting to my We're house. We have doors that fit yeah. around here. Good yeah. for you. Get a door. You don't have any Charlie McAvoy's at your house. I got one downstairs. Charlie McAvoy's about to get paid next year. Uh, okay. To- well, that's because <clears throat> he's a good defenseman. He's just not a good fantasy defenseman. There's a Tony difference. Tony D'Angelo at 19. Alex Petrangelo at 21 or 20. Uh, man, this list keeps going. Thomas Shabbat at 21. Zach Wierenski. Tori Krug. Drew Doughty. Jacob Truba. We got lots to talk about, but Tony D'Antolo is there because you don't know if he's actually even going to be yeah. on that team or if he's going to, you know, get cut randomly, you know, on the third day of we'll preseason. See. Like you have no that idea. Floor is scary. The upside, but the ceiling's pretty. The new Dougie Hamilton, right? In, th- in theory, we'll see. He's going to get sheltered at even strength. He is no Dougie Hamilton at even strength. So, I got him bumped down from. You know, the 60-point Dougie Hamiltons that we've seen. It's probably like 40, 50. He's going to get power play points, but that's not a guy you put out at even strength all the time. That's Jacob Slavin. But anyway, uh, if you guys want to see the rest of the list, you want to talk about the rest of the list, we are in the Discord. If you want to chirp us, we're on Twitter. Probably post this on Reddit. You can talk some shit there. Don't care. Fucking lists, whatever. Uh, Rankings. Everybody's got their own. Um, but anyway, guys, that's it from us at Five Hole Fantasy Hockey. You can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. Discord, you know, is posted a bunch of places. You can find it. Just search for it. Google it. Uh, we love you. <laughs> love you.